Hi, you. Welcome back to Intuitive Art Sales. This is the show where I, Jessica Crada, am going to teach you how to source your art marketing from within. For the next little bit, I want to switch gears and share something with you called the Artist Success Interview Series. This series is a little bit different than what we've been doing because instead of me sharing my thoughts, my opinions, my advice, I'm going to flip the tables and help artists who have had success selling their art share with you what they think has been the biggest catalyst for them and their success. I'm going to be asking them about practical tips, mindset tips, and just whatever it is that they want to share with you to help you sell more art. So with that, let's get into it. It has been a minute since I have recorded one of these artist success interview series, and I'm really excited to do it. I am here with Keith Andrews. We've been in touch a little bit over the years. He's never been a client of mine, but we were recently talking and he was telling me about how he has found success through a mix of local Instagram ads and then really building relationships with these people he's selling to. He is a wildlife painter. He paints very large, very realistic, and they're, they're gorgeous. So we're going to talk about where to find a little bit more of his art. But first, I wanted to jump into a little bit more of what has worked for Keith. So one of the questions that I like to ask in this series is, what is one practical thing that you have done that you feel has led to a lot of success that maybe you repeated over and over, maybe you didn't? What's, what's a practical tip you have? I would say that probably just to kind of tie it into your introduction and the fact that we haven't worked together, although we haven't like officially worked together, we have met and we have sort of had an informal conversation. And the way that I found you, I think you wrote a blog. And in there, one of the, one of your things, I, the, the wording isn't going to be exact, but basically it was like, you know, who are you selling to right now? And, you know, are those your friends and family? And then you said, if you want to sell to more people, you need to make more friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember that? Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, that really stuck with me. But to answer your question, my one practical thing would be I've made more friends and I've done that by meeting people at shows, introducing myself, getting to know them and not pushing sales on them, really just relationship building and also doing that on all of the social media platforms that I'm in. Like when someone follows me, I directly message them and I just very briefly just say, thank you for following me. I really appreciate it. And it kind of starts a dialogue. Sometimes people will say, you know, I love your work. We're thinking of getting something for my home in wherever. And, you know, that dialogue ends. And then six months later, you know, they see something else you post, but you kind of started that dialogue. So right. it's a long, long answer to your question, but that's, that's kind of one. No, no, that's a, that's a great answer. I love that you led with that because I really, truly believe that there are two different ways to market and they work really well together. Maybe you've heard me say this before, but there's relationship marketing and there's content marketing. And most of the stuff out there teaches content marketing. And it can end up feeling really frustrating when you're just like putting all your time and energy into just putting out more and more and more and more content 
and nothing's really happening from it. So what you're doing is you're putting the two together. When someone follows you, you are already opening the door for that relationship. And then the content is supplementing that because then maybe six months later, they see something else they like and that relationship door is already open. It's not an intimidating thing for them to then reach back out to you. So I love that you've implemented that as a habit. So in person, let's dig a little bit deeper. Practically, mm -hmm. you said I do it both online and in person. One of the ways I do that through my content is welcoming people, saying thank you. What's a way that you do that with the people that you're meeting at shows? I mean, there's all the, always the standard stuff like, you know, introducing yourself and asking them to you know, sign your guest book and do your mailing list and stuff like that. And all of that is good, right? I maintain my email list and stuff like that. But for me, I'm very not, I'm not very salesy. I don't, I never push a sale. I always wait for someone to come for me, come to yeah. me. So even at a show, if someone comes in, I really don't talk a lot about my artwork. I will just introduce myself. If we're at a show, like there's the Calgary Stampede. I live in Canada and Calgary, Calgary Stampede's a big show we do. I talked about the show. What are they doing here for the show? Just, just general stuff that you would talk about when you meet someone. And they'll inevitably say, you know, I love your work or whatever. And you can say, thank you. You know, do you have a favorite piece or whatever? But it's just not about the work, right? This, if people are coming to buy art, they're coming to buy art. And it's pretty rare that someone's just coming down to get something. Nine times out of 10, they come in, they're not really expecting to get something, but they see something and they fall in love with it, right? So you know, it, it has some sort of a meaning to them. There's an emotional response, right? I try to tell a story all my work. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's such a gradual process that there's not really anything. It's just consistency, right? Yeah, habits. Habits and, such as every time someone follows me, I reach out, even though it doesn't lead to a sale immediately every single time or maybe even hardly ever. Right. But that is a habit that you know and have seen eventually helps you out in the whole process of things. At mm -hmm. the show, starting conversations, introducing yourself. You said I don't talk about the work that much, but I would actually disagree with you talking about the show, letting them lead the conversation into here's what I like, asking them questions about what is your favorite piece. Like that is all talking about the art in a, a really positive way, I believe. Right. I don't think that every conversation about or very few conversations about your art are a sales conversation. No. Sales to me is informing, letting people know what you do and why you do it and all anything that they want to know about it, connecting with people, which is one of the things you just said. And then the third part of that for me is helping. So if they say, I'm interested in this piece, helping them decide, is it for me? How do I get it? Right. Helping them through that decision-making process. Mm -hmm. So without me having ever told you that, I would bet that that is your sales process. Yeah, for sure. I feel like if somebody, like we were saying just before we came on here that, you know, being an artist, I have a bunch of artist friends and they're, you know, from a very, very wide spectrum of, of their sales prices and, and volume that they do. And so we do a lot of shows together. And I always think it's like a failure if a client comes into your booth and has to say, I'm just looking. They're feeling pressure, right? 
So, you know, anytime someone's kind of hovering or just over by them, like, you know, what do you see in that piece or whatever? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're just looking. It's like, that's a failure in the way that you're communicating with your client, right? You, you don't need to freak them out like that. You can just be really friendly and just talk about other stuff and you'll get around to the art. They'll come around to the art. Yeah. And I will say that some are very sensitive. And if you're getting that once in a while, you're probably not doing anything wrong. But if it's happening a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe we need to take a step back and reevaluate how we're looking. Oh, sure, at sure. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Okay. So the second question, and I know there's a third, and honestly, I can't remember what the third is. So we'll see if we get there. <laughs> but the second question that I really like to ask is, what is one mindset shift that you have made that has really helped you in this process of becoming a more successful artist than you were, let's say, a year or two ago? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the thing that jumps to mind for me is my pricing. So this is probably about four or five years ago. I did the, the Calgary Stampede, which I've already mentioned, which is a, it's a giant show up in Canada. It attracts millions and millions of people from all over the world. And there's a phenomenal art show in there. And it's, it's this great little melting pot of just high volume people coming in, right? From all different you know, areas, some have a lot of money, some don't have a lot of money. And it's a really great way of just testing everything, right? Just sure. Yes. Yeah. So the first show that I ever did, I got accepted. I was all excited. I get in there, I hang up my art, I put my pricing on and a couple of the artists come over and introduce themselves and they walk around my booth and you look at the art and they're like, you're actually great. Your prices though are not really great. They said they're way too low. And that was, I guess, you know, getting around to answering your question, that was a real shift for me was that I didn't value the work that I was doing as much as I should. And it took two or three of the artists kind of coming in and saying the same thing where I literally like just before the show and got some advice and put my prices up to what they should be. And that kind of started me at first, I should say, I was just nervous about doing it. Sure. But then when, when people came in, First of all, no one was really freaking out. And then someone bought something. And like, I went over to the artist afterwards that had helped me, Paul. And I said, I think I need some money. And I raised my price like way up and, and someone bought it. And so I think it was just having the confidence and, and then having someone validate that, you know, with a purchase and stuff like that really kind of solidified where I was. I think yeah. that's difficult for, for people because everyone's in a different place with, with where they are with their art. So maybe it's not necessarily pricing, but it's just having confidence in your work. Yeah. So would you mind, you can tell me no, but would you mind sharing what your price was before and what you jumped it to? Yeah, for sure. So I would say if we pick, we just pick a standard price. Like my, right now, my prices range from about $3,000 for something that's like an 18 by 24. If we were to go up to a, you know, a fair bit larger, something like a four by six foot would be about seven or $8,000 Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Before, what would that have been? 2000 2000 for the, the big one or 2000 for the little one? It would have been like 750 and then the big one would have been like 2000 So I would say it's probably like a five times increase. Yeah. So these artists come over and they're like, your price is way too low, Keith. And you're like, oh, oh I don't know. That's where it's always been. Right. How did you go from, I don't know, that's scary and 
should I do that? What if I don't sell anything to, okay, I'm going to give this a go? Well, they obviously had my best intentions at heart. They were, you know, all very kind and very supportive. And I truly believe like one of the things that has really helped me a lot is just experimenting and trying these things and not being afraid to just keep doing the same old, same old. So I just thought, well, let's try it. Why not? Right? Like I'm getting some good advice from some seasoned artists here. Like, why would you not take their advice and give it a try? Right? Yeah, so for sure. It's test. Test, test, test for me. Test everything. So takeaways being test your pricing, one. Mm -hmm. And also surround yourself with other people, artists who have your best intentions in mind and listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that as like advice when I was preparing for this, but I think that has just been such a massive, massive part of my success is just going to shows and just befriending other artists, you know, because they're great people, right? They come and they help you and then you can kind of pay it forward later on and help other artists. And you develop this group of friends that, you know, just message each other. Hey, I'm going to do a pop-up down at this golf course grab your stuff and come down before you know it, you sold a couple pieces and you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I get a lot is, well, I like this person, but I don't think they're ever going to be my buyer. And to that, my answer is always, they still belong in your inner circle, whether or not you think they're going to be a buyer doesn't really matter. Like there's tons of ways that you can give and receive from the people around you. And maybe one of them is, oh, hey, I'm going to do this pop-up at this golf course. You should come. And then you've made sales. They did not directly buy anything from you. But because you had that relationship, you were able to make sales still. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And even just meeting clients and becoming friends with them, even though they're not buying from you. Like my wife and I have gone over for dinner with you know just some friends that we met at an art show. And that hasn't led to anything yet, but they have other friends over. You never know, right? You never know. And a lot of people will think, well, is it worth my time? Because I never know what's going to happen. But all the other things you're doing, are they working? Relationship building is one of the best things that you can do for your business, hands down. I would say that and working on your mindset. You combine those two things. Even if you never write another social media post again, you're going to sell stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, social media, it really is an important part of that. It is. It's a so, big part of it. But it can yeah, be done without it. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were, like I was saying before, like I have, I have artist friends that are incredibly successful through social media yeah. and also ones that are terrible at social media. And, and it's not a reflection of how well they're doing in their business. Not at all. Not at the all. The ones who are doing really well might be doing really poorly on their bottom line. And the ones who are doing really poorly might be doing really well on their bottom line or vice versa. Right. It's really no indicator. Mm -hmm. It is a tool. All right. Let's see. Just because of my intro, I want to touch on the Instagram ads for a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that stood out to me about your strategy is that you were very particular about saying that it was local Instagram ads. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So a lot of that 
came from testing, which we have talked about, right? Right. Testing a bunch of different. So I do a lot of advertising on Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, I try I try to test out every post before I send it. So I've got a good group of followers right now. So I might use that, or I might just do an ad and spend. And I might do three ads. One of them is just me in front of the painting. One is the painting, and one is me in front of the painting that says, you know, local, you know, Calgary Alberta artist, whatever. Put those out there and advertise, you know, each of them for twenty dollars over three days. Mm-hmm. And then I watch, right? And I take a look at what happened. And the local one was like 10 times the response. So I move over to that one and I kind of double down on that one. And so just by testing, that basically started to become part of my advertising strategy. Yeah. And I think that I think that, that is so important. I, I was kind of shocked after I figured it out that I hadn't thought of it before. Because when we're browsing through... Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, all those ads, all of the, you know, all that art stuff that we see come across, they're all, none of them are local, right? They could be complete, you know, they could be in the U.S. or all across the ocean, right? And by, by putting out there that I'm local, it, I think it just does a couple of things. It, they see the artwork and they like the artwork, which is important, yeah. right? But then they see that I'm here. They're like, oh, wow, this guy lives in my city or he lives in my province, right? I'll follow him. Just because there's that feeling of camaraderie, right? Yes. Yeah. So then yeah. I change all my advertising to local advertising. So I do like 70% in my cities and 20% in my province and 10% in my country. But I tell you, there's nothing better than having like a giant piece of art and someone says they want to buy it and then they live like three blocks from me. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. That's amazing. You don't have to ship anything. Yeah. Oh, no. So I drive, I have a little van. I drive like 90% of my sales to the people's homes. I hang it up for them. We have coffee, we chat, and then I relationship build even more. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And the very specific strategy with purpose behind it because you have tested it. And that's not to say that that exact method is going to work for everybody else. It's about seeing what works for you. But... It's still a real solid strategy. So if you want to try it, try it. Unless you're in Calgary. <laughs> Unless you're in Calgary and you say animals and then no, yeah. It's Keith's. That's Keith's right. already claimed it. Have you ever been engineer focused in your life? I'm just curious because of the way your brain works. It no. Feels, no. No. You've always I'm, been an artist? Who artist? Yeah. I, mean, I haven't always like worked as an artist. But I struggled until I started working as an artist. But I, you know, I, I really enjoy the marketing. And I know some people don't like it and it's a turnoff for them and they just want to paint. Yeah. So hard. Like, I mean, you know, never say never, but oh boy, you're really handicapping yourself. And the thing is, um, like my wife says she's an introvert and she hates, you know, going out to parties, but then she goes out to parties and she has the best times. Yeah. She's like, Totally enjoying herself. So it's the same for marketing. My goodness, like some of the people that have messaged me have been like the biggest ego boost, you know, and I wasn't looking for it, but they're just yeah. so kind and so nice. And yeah, it kind of just leads to wanting to do more because people are so, so great. Right. I am a huge fan of marketing. I'm up there with you. And I can say I probably wasn't always, but it's my love now. I, I love 
marketing. And I'd say probably 75% of the artists who message me on Instagram say, I hate selling, I hate marketing. And I really believe if that resonates with you, it's because you're doing it wrong. You're not using inspired ideas. You're not building relationships with people that you love. You're not letting your creativity feed your marketing. It's a really creative practice. Yeah. And so like, I'd be shocked if I could not turn you from hating marketing to loving marketing just based on using more of that creative brain power. And maybe it's because you don't, you don't know how yet, but it's a skill that you can learn. Anybody can learn it. I think a lot of it is, at least for me, is not being salesy. You know, th there might be a photo of me painting on a, you know, a big piece and it says local, but I'm not like, you know, please DM me for sales or, you know, any of that stuff. It's literally like, this is what I do and I hope you like it. That people don't feel like you're, you're one of the crowd trying to sell them something, right? Like let them come to that themselves. And so I think because of that, all of my marketing is very positive. Right? Yeah. People follow. They're like, oh, I love your work. It's great because I'm not asking them for anything. It's like, have you ever heard of like that Gary Vee thing, like that jab, 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 red hook? Yeah. It's like that, but I just never write hook. I never have to write hook. I don't know that that works for everyone. I think right. that it should definitely be something that you try out because if you can always just be putting out this positive, positive, I love doing this, this is what I do, and you never have to say, hey, it's for sale, DM me. Great. Some people do have to do that. Some people need that extra. Hey, just so you know, this is for sale because it's not always on the front of people's minds. But I think part of the reason why it, you haven't had to get there is because you have so many connection points, which mm -hmm. is why people buy art. You have the local. Most of the people who buy are probably connected to that particular animal. You are very friendly in your conversations and you're opening those conversations. So you've got a lot of that stuff going for you already, which is like a really big leg up. Mm -hmm. All right. I have one more question for you. If you had to give one piece of advice besides what we've already talked about or add on to either of the things we've already talked about for someone who is wanting to sell more art, what would you say? Well... I think that there's a series of components that makes up a successful artist. And I think that a lot of time people get confused because if they're missing one of those components, things don't work for them. And, you know, I know you, you work on the marketing side of things, right? I think that, that is like a super important component. And I've listened to your podcast, I finished your podcast. Thanks. Yes. And there was one of them, there was one of the podcasts on there where you had said, like, you know, I can't help you with your artwork, right? Like, I can't make your tree better, but I can help you market that tree or whatever your wording was, right? And that kind of got me thinking, like, there is this competency as an artist that I think sometimes kind of gets, like, it's a touchy subject because it's art, right? Like, yeah. who's that art is good? Right. Who's, that art is bad. Right. But if you go back to that testing sort of thing, right, if you get out there and go to shows and you learn to market properly and there's just no traction, no traction, no traction, 
people don't seem to be interested. I do think that you need to take a step back and take a look at the work you're creating and check your competency in what you are putting out there because you might be able to paint the most beautiful lizards in the world. But if no one else is into lizards, you're not going to be a successful artist. And it, you know, it could also just be, you know, the way you're putting cake down, the way, you know, maybe whatever it is, right? I yeah. think you need to address that as well. And so just, just as an example, what I did to address that was about five or 10 years, 10 years ago now, I started trying to sell my stuff and it wasn't going well. And I reached out to another artist who, his name was Terry Isaac. He was a Canadian artist. And I loved his work. He actually studied under Robert Bateman, who was another famous Canadian artist. And so I reached out to Terry and I said, listen, I would love to come out, bring my artwork with, you, with me and have you critique my work. And so, you know, I said, well, when can we do it? And he gave a date. And I said, how much do you charge? And he's like, well, I don't need anything for it. I, I know you or whatever. And I said, no, no. I'm paying you whatever your rate is because I'm not coming out as, you know, just an artist that needs someone to pat them on the back. I need to come out and have you tell me what my work is like. And so I drove out with all my work. We sat down and we spent an entire weekend going over it. Wow. It gave me incredible, incredible critique and good and bad. And he really helped me move myself forward. And so I think it's important for artists just to take a look and say, well, who, out of the work that I do, who do I respect, right? Who do I want to paint like? Who is the ultimate? And then try to find them or an understudy of them or whatever. Get your work in front of them and, and be prepared to take feedback because it'll help you move forward. And then suddenly the advertising that, you know, you were talking about, that might start to click a little bit more. And you might be like, oh, with my work. Right. Yeah. What's my advice? Uh, I'm glad you went there because it is a really touchy subject and I completely understand why it is. But but there's something to that. Like, I really believe that if you paint lizards and you're not selling, there is another place you can go to go find the lizard people. But... (laughs) There's always things that we can do to improve our art and to improve like our own style and mastery of Mm. the craft. And if we can always be paying attention to the feedback around us, whether it's from this artist that you admire or from what's coming from the marketing that you're doing. And not necessarily saying, okay, well, this person said this and this person said that. So now I need to do all of that. But just taking it into consideration into, is this something that I want to do? Yes, no. And maybe adding that to your practice and maybe not. Yeah, a much, a much more general, like, like you said, just because someone, everyone suddenly likes something completely different. I'm not even suggesting that you change your style. Right. Looking for what engages and then adjusting slightly. Yeah. There's this exercise I do in my program where it's, identifying all the things that people have loved about your work, whether it's, you know, it's a commission versus an original or whether it's a small versus a big or a light versus a dark or a monkey versus a square, whatever it is, like identifying the things that people love about your work, 
identifying where you want to go with your work, like what's your highest vision, and then looking at the in-between and saying, where's the overlap? And when you can look at both sides of the coin, I think you're going to have a lot more success with it. Yeah. All right. Well, Keith, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. You said a lot of great things. I'm sure people are going to find it very helpful. Where can people find your work? Well, my website, I'm Canadian, so I'm not .com, I'm .ca. So it's Keith Andrews, keithandrews.ca, K-E-I-T-A-N-D-R-E-W-S dot C-A. And then I'm on Instagram as Keith Andrews Art with underscores in between Keith Andrews and Andrews. Perfect. And I will link it in the notes as well. But I just wanted to say thank you again. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And can I say thank you one more time? Yeah, yeah. If anyone ever has any questions or wants to mess with me or whatever, I'm always happy to answer. So, yeah, that's so sweet of you. Thanks, Jessica. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get new episodes loaded straight onto your phone as soon as they're ready. And if you have a couple extra seconds in your day, would you take the time to rate this show with how many stars you think it deserves? I would be ever so grateful. See you next time.